1: Good morning, afternoon and evening, everyone. Welcome to the 25th episode of the FPL Wire, Powered by Dreamset Go. We are recording ahead of Game Week 27. I'm your host Zofa and I'm joined today fresh from his appearance on the FPL show. Big man, Bucker. How's it going, buddy?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Zof. Um, it was a good week. Uh, Their field show was great. Uh, and even this game week, it started off really well. I have already hit a century um so things are going well i have um i had the bench boost active activated so um yeah i'm 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 looking good but unfortunately i had bruno captain last night so that kind of uh pissed me off but other than that things are going well oh, how was the experience on the show okay yeah it was brilliant actually uh it felt surreal uh it was a great experience i i, I love chatting uh to, to everyone over there and uh even after that, the response of my family, friends, uh, was was very overwhelming. People calling me, my mom to congratulate. I mean, friends, relatives, family, friends. felt great. But well, you have it was almost outside? as if I had graduated or you know gotten married. So felt oh. really weird. It was great. <laughs> so we outside
0: been- of friends and relatives,
1: anybody called? We got an email. We uh, got some yeah, interesting quite emails. Yeah, but a lot of
2: people. But let's not get into that over here. No,
1: no. <laughs> let's let's get into that over here. Like you know, I saw BB Junior's email has come. I think you're halfway through to the Pakistani dream of becoming a corrupt politician.
2: <laughs> okay. Let's let's not further get into that. This is an FPL show, and let's keep it to that.
1: <laughs> what about you, Ella? <laughs> How's as always,
2: I'd like to remind you that we do this for FPL, and that's that's why we're you do doing this, this for FPL. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's very debatable if he does it for FPL. It's <laughs> let's,
2: let's just leave it open to opinion whether I do it for FPL or
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, LR? How was your game week? I, I activated
0: my bench boost as well. Uh, uh, my defense did really well. Uh, Rudiger Shaw. And the jammiest green sheet ever from Maitland Nines. I absolutely <laughs> love seeing that. What a result. I was like, it must be terrible being a Brighton fan watching that game. And I got six points from Tete as well. None of my attackers did much, except for the one who did, who was my captain, Harry Kane. Uh, I'm on 84, minus 8, so net of 76, but I've got seven players, including captains. So I'm hoping to join Bucker in the triple digit club. What about you,
1: Zor? How was the week? Decent, I think. Seventy-nine points. I played my wild card. The defense really worked well as usual. I think defense has been key to keeping me afloat this season. Like again, your your Shaw, your Martinez, the City guys. Cancelo obviously let us down once again. I'm hoping he plays the next few games at least. But good shape overall, and we'll talk about it further. Right. let's kick I, off. I, I I was just uh, realizing. I mean, even on the previous
0: score, we didn't mention the uh, United Chelsea game. At all. It was such a nothing game. It's, it's so forgettable, a... right? And I honestly it's didn't a... even
1: feel like talking about it because we knew it was going to be a nil-nil almost. Right? It was literally yeah, the yeah. most nailed on nil-nil possible. Let's just
0: address that for a moment. How, how much of a snoozefest was this last weekend of football as well as between? I think except for the Spurs game, I haven't found a single game that's been enjoyable. Like, I think the players are tearing. I think the whole thing is just drawn out. No, there's all the thing school. with lockdown.
1: Players also mentally fatigued, like, you know, not being able to go out, the restrictions. It's all piling up now. It's been almost a year so. The light is, we can see light now at the end of the tunnel, though. There's talks of fans returning and all that stuff. So, I'm confident we're at the tail end of it now.
2: I had Let's the hope, misfortune sir. of watching the, the Palace Fulham game uh, on Sunday evening and... I don't think I've watched a, a more boring game in my life. It was it was an absolutely horrible experience. It was, I don't know. The how, last thirty I,
1: minutes I were nice, actually. So I watched the Leicester game till Barnes got injured, and then I switched over to the Paris game. The last 20-30 minutes, Fulham were just piling on the pressure.
2: In the, in the first forty five minutes, I think there was there were one or two shots, and uh, like that was from um, a set zero shots shot. on target. Zero shots. On yeah, target. yeah, zero shots on target, and I don't know. I could have probably spent my. Sunday evening doing something better. Shout out
0: while we're on, this. shout out to Luke Disciple who triple captained, uh, he's one of my favorite people in the community, triple captain, Gareth Bale. And you love to see something like that coming through. So well done, Luke. Great timing. The signs were there and I'm happy it came off.
1: Lovely punt. Right. Let's take off a quick word about our sponsors. Let me pull up the slide. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world accommodation flight tickets hospitality stadium visits everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements they also do celebrity experiences which include master classes with your favorite sports celebrity or something as simple as birthday shout outs you can find links to the products in the description below the fpl wire is a part of the fantasy scout network and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the ffs members area please sign up if you haven't already Also, in case you guys didn't know,
0: uh, we've also started an FPL Bar League. The league code can be seen on the screen for the benefit of the listeners. I'm going to read out the league code, D-O-C-0-Y-G. Make sure you join this league because there's some fun prizes for grabs for the manager of the week. Uh, We've already had two winners and they both reached out to us. Thank you. Uh, Congratulations as well. And the winner for the next game week wins a huge one. This is a shout out from Spin King, Yuswinder Chahal, He's represented India in cricket in both ODI as well as T20. And he's an absolute key player for us. Such a fun guy. I'm sure you want to win out, win a shout out from UC. So make sure you're doing well this season. Uh, this game week rather. Now, just taking you guys through the agenda for this... Uh, week spot. We're going to be starting with Bucker stats as usual. We're going to be talking about Barnes replacements. About 1 million people bought in Barnes before the double game week 26. Now, I think everybody is hunting for a replacement at the moment. We're going to be talking very briefly about Spurs and Liverpool because both have had a slight change in shape and we want to address that. Something to monitor before the games happen in the night. Actually, it's worth mentioning that we are recording this spot before the set of games on Thursday uh so we haven't seen the last three games in the week we're going to be talking about when is the best time to deploy the free hit chip for those that have it pending and the little murmurs of a fixture reschedule in gaming 36 and 37 we're going to be just addressing that after that there's a lot of conversation about people wanting to sell bruno at the moment people are not really sure about mo salah at the moment so we're going to be talking about uh, big hitters after that, we have the game week talking points, if at all, anything worth mentioning in the game week that went by, captains, hot fixtures, our own teams, and the Q&A. So we'll start with you, Bucker.
2: Yeah, so um, as always, I have um, stats uh, for our listeners and our viewers this week. Um, I have two stats this week. Uh, the first one is regarding the Brighton defense. So I was looking at the numbers and um, one thing I noticed is that Brighton are best in the league, even better than even Man City for big chances and actually conceded in home games this season. Now that is incredible, given that whenever we think of Brighton, we think of them as, um, as you know, a mid-table side who are probably going to be, you know, fighting relegation or something. But but they're actually best in terms for um, for big chances conceded. Of all teams in the league, which is absolutely shocking, and I've never really seen a mid-table team, uh, you know, have these kind of numbers going into March with such consistency, um, which makes it all the more uh, sort of surprising that you know they tend to overperform their uh, expected goals and conceded week in week out, and and you talk to Brighton fans and they'll tell you that they dominate games for periods and then they make silly mistakes and they underperform. The matches. I'm guessing exactly underperform their ex- uh, XGc as I'd call it. So I I ran a comparison uh, to assess their defense home and away. Um, At home, they're conceding 4.7 shots uh, in the box per game, as opposed to 6.8 away. Big chances conceded per game at home are 0.7, which are best. That uh, figure more than doubles to 2.1, which is 13th in the league away from home. Average XG conceded per game is 0.7, which is, again, best in the league at home. Um, And that figure, again, increases to 1.2, XG conceded per game, which is 10th um, in the league. So as you can see from the numbers, while while Brighton's defense away from home is, is kind of mid-table and mediocre, at home they're very stellar. The the reason why I quote this stat is because a lot of managers are actually uh, contemplating whether or not to free hit in 29 and which players to go for. So this, this stat right here tells us that uh, a Brighton defender could be a very viable option going into 20, gaming 29 at home to Newcastle. Newcastle themselves, they're bottom for big chance the next three away from home, um, away from the season. So that tells me that I mean you're not going to get a better opportunity um because I think a lot of managers are going to overlook uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton, Brighton's assets because they're probably going to. Look at recent results and they're going to probably say that, you know, they're probably not in the best of form, but in my opinion, I look at it as, a, as an opportunity to gain ground because people won't be looking
0: at Brighton's defence in 29. The thing is, after the Brighton game, they have United, Everton and Chelsea. That's that's the real problem, but if you're buying budget bracket, it, it's worth a punt, I reckon. Also, when it comes to Newcastle, it, it, it's and even better fixture than it was previously because Newcastle in the past 2 weeks have started to look a little good in attack i thought they've been doing pretty well uh, with uh, saint max back and i thought almeron and saint max have been causing the opposition some trouble but both are looking doubtful injury doubts at the moment so yeah even more reason. When it comes to Brighton, they have that saying in Hindi, right? Nazar Utardo. I think there are, there is some sort of evil eye that's on Brighton at the moment. I mean, even I was looking at the stats. They're second for XG and second for XGC. Second best for XGC in the last six game weeks. And that game, that game against West Brom, I don't think it's related to football. I think there's some sort of evil eye on Brighton at the moment. Zambian and obviously and the doctor. fact that... <laughs> yeah, the Zambian doctor. And, and the fact that they have Neil Maupay, uh playing as a striker. Even Connolly, oh my God, that that, that, that sitter that he missed, absolutely just need to stay a little calm. I think all three of us could put that ball at the back of the net. It is just, I think the strikers are the problem. I, I mentioned, I, I wrote about it uh, during this week as well. You know, if Brighton do survive, they should survive because they've been really good. Uh, and if they buy a decent enough striker uh, next season, I think he's going to be one of the value picks
1: next year they could be but, like yeah. the Villa how have you seen Villa this year Absolutely, they yeah, massive they underperformance they need, the yeah. they
2: need a clinical finisher exactly
1: so, so cool. another thing, the thing about Newcastle I read some reports today about Matt Ritchie and Steve Bruce having a bust up so yeah. and Monday Night Football they did this whole coverage about how the goal was conceded because Ritchie who was subbed on he didn't convey the instructions onto the pitch clearly about who's supposed to rearrange according to the formation swift and Bruce completely so like Threw him under the bus after the post-match. I told Richie. Richie didn't convey the instructions. So, Newcastle is not a happy place right now.
0: Not a happy place at all. Happy hunting out for those betting against Newcastle though. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So, the second stat I have is regarding the Chelsea defence. Uh, since Tuchel has taken over, Chelsea are best in the league. for shots inside the box conceded. Big chances conceded. XG conceded. Shots on target conceded, goals conceded and clean sheets. So I can just go on and on. I mean, you look at whatever stat they're they're topping the defensive charts uh, since social has taken over. I mean, I'm sure Zoff must be a very happy, uh, Chelsea fan right now, hearing these numbers. So these numbers are nothing short of exemplary, and they highlight the incredible value that someone like a Rudiger is offering just at 4.6 million. Um, another implication these numbers have for for managers um, this week is that. Uh, chances are likely to be far and few between for someone like a Calvert-Lewin so if you own Calvert-Lewin i i personally have him on the bench this week i i don't really see much much joy for Everton at the bridge this weekend what do you guys think
1: so, so i love the chelsea defense right now right? i'm more i like winning 1-0 2-0 than winning like 5-3 4-2 and all that stuff i like defensive stability i like clean sheets so i like what tuchel is doing but the team is a little bit i wouldn't say dull but at the same time, it's not exciting to watch. It's not very, there are not that many people getting into the box. You're not creating that many chances. So, it can be a little bit frustrating at times. But we're in a good place overall. And I think we're well suited, especially for the Champions League under Tuchel in this setup.
0: So, so Rudiger is a definite buy. Even the fixtures until game week 34 are ridiculously good. Everton, Leeds, West Brom Palace, Brighton, West Ham, Fulham. I mean, that... That fixture lineup screams screen sheet points. If somebody wanted to double up on your defense of
1: second choice. Probably Aspi over Alonso. Because I think Chilwell had a decent game against United. You can see him getting minutes along with Alonso with Champions League and all that stuff. But Aspi has been getting forward a decent amount. And that other centre-back role, I think, will be rotated between your Christensen, Silva, Zuma, and all that stuff. Both the guys on either side of the centre-back is like are pretty secure.
0: You re- you reckon Aspi is nailed? Yes, Absolutely. And uh, so, he's moving. Him. So, there's some assist threat as well. And you mentioned he's on set pieces too, right?
1: So, there's a decent amount of attacking threat as well, right? Yeah, yeah he's not on set pieces, but during corners and all that stuff and free kicks. Yeah, he, he gets the, up, right? He gets up for it. And he's actually pretty good at them considering his height. Right.
2: I mean, if Emi Martinez didn't, uh, didn't exist, I, I'm sure we would be giving uh, Mendy at 5.1 serious consideration as well because because that's some serious value for a keeper who's likely to keep so many clean sheets. Absolutely. Just,
0: just while, while we're... On that topic, I'll uh, push this question because a lot of people have wildcarded now in 27. They've wildcarded
1: after the BB. Emmy or Mendy, if you were to go for a keeper? See, Now, we look Tough at the question. fixtures, right? Now, the fixtures after 30 for Villa, they turn for the worst quite significantly. So, I think at this point, I'd actually go for Mendy and you have to bet against Villa, right? Like, ultimately, you see what they did against Sheffield United and they are definitely on the decline rather than the up, I would say. So, if wildcarding now, I'd probably go for Mendy.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. The only difference is, uh, will I have one game more to play? So, that's just one other thing to consider. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd look at Mendy too, I, I think know. that. I Again, mean, it depends Chelsea on your 29, looks.
1: your 29 strategy and all that stuff, we'll talk about that later. Alright,
0: cool. Uh, at this point, I just want to talk about our Patreon. Uh, we have had a very healthy response. In the last couple of weeks, so thank you so much for that, guys. It really, really motivates us, pushes us uh, to keep going, and it helps us reinvest back in the point there's a new mic in place as well. uh, uh We've started a Patreon, and uh, you're just basically buying us a beer or a coffee week on week just to support us and because you like us. And uh, that's that. You can support us by visiting patreon.com forward slash the FPL Wire. And I just want to shout out, give a shout out to our newest patrons in the Jimmy Tire. We have. Espen Restad Hansen, Nomdat Cabbage, Robin Smith, Paritor Sangvi, Stephen Sesniak, that's Swanee, thank you so much, he's a regular listener, has given us great feedback on the pod as well. Uh, Nishant Was, Richard Alfin, Azeem Khan. Thank you so much for the support, guys. We really, really appreciate it and keep it coming. Thank you. All right, first up on the agenda, we have bonds replacements. What are you thinking, Zof? All
1: three of us own bonds? I think Bucker doesn't. Bakker, I, do don't, own bonds? I don't, I yeah. don't No. Zof, what are you thinking? So, I had a look at the few candidates, right? and I think it really comes down primarily to two guys Jesse Lingard and Rafinha. So, I've got a table up over here. This is using the comparison tool at FF Scout. Now, no player has created more chances than Rafinha over the last four game weeks. So, in terms of creativity, he is head and shoulders above everybody else. Now, in terms of shots, though, shots Lingard I think is far superior. You have XG non penalty of 0.96 for Lingard and 0.83. Rafinha but I think the stat is a little bit distorted right if Rafinha just takes so many shots from outside the box so many speculative shots that it all just adds up in terms of XG so we look at it like you see like you look at XG on target Lingard's at 1.1 Rafinha's at 0.62 that shows to me that the quality of the shots there's nowhere near like you know one point. I or... Actually, I disagree with you a little. I, sure. I was
0: looking at the stats too. He's got some more shots in the box compared to Lingard in the box. In fact, I think they're very similar in their role as well. Both of them sort of have a free-flowing role around the striker, where they're in and around the box and uh, creating a lot of shots. Even Lingard, when I'm watching him on the eye test, he's he's not shooting a lot from close to the box inside the box. It's pretty much as much as Rafinha, and Rafinha has outlets in terms of he's hogging the set pieces for Leeds as well. Yep. I, I own Rafinha so for me it's an easier decision but just adding that to your thinking at the moment based on eye test mm. another thing to you're, make... leaning,
1: you're leaning Lingard at the moment so another thing to mention about Lingard is he can't play next week in game week 28 against Man United in case anyone didn't know but at the same time Rafinha has Chelsea that week right so I don't think Rafinha is going to get any joy against Chelsea either so I don't think that is really a determining factor either way so as of now I'm leaning towards Rafinha because Purely because I think his fixture in 29 and 30 is probably a little bit better. You have Fulham and Sheffield United. At that time, West Ham, I think, have Arsenal and Wolves. So I think the fixture run is slightly better for Rafinha. But at the same time, from 31, those fixtures get better for Lingard where they get tougher for Rafinha. But I just feel Leeds can sort of score against anyone. The fixtures are there. You have your Liverpool game. They scored three against Liverpool at the beginning of the season with Van Dijk. Etc. So you can expect them to score again. The City away fixture is probably one you have to cover them for. But after that, you have Man United and some good fixtures after. So I think Rafinha will be the one for me. What if uh, Jota gets 45 minutes today? See, the thing with Jota, right? Like there's a lot of matches for Liverpool now coming up with Champions League and everything. I think he's going to get minutes, but they're going to be a little bit scattered. So and I'd want somebody who's a bit more nailed on. And I think Rafinha can match him in terms of output. Too early for you? For your are A little bit early. Maybe another, give him a week, two weeks. and the, he, he was out with appendicitis, I think, in midweek. So, I don't know if that's going to flare up. I want him to get one or two weeks on the pitch. See him get 70, 80 minutes before looking again. Not Bakker. interested in the Villa midst. Who are they? I think we have El Ghazi. Ghazi and Traore. Traore, yeah. no. I think it's better just go for Jack. Yeah. Bakar, you're smiling away. I'm curious. What's in your mind?
2: Nothing as such. I'm, I'm I was just... Uh,
1: He's happy listening expired. to us, <laughs> You
2: Concentrate on what you're
1: saying. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I thought so, There's some people thought that came up to your mind. That you're not sharing with us. No, no, no nothing. I have no, I have no idea what's happening there.
0: Uh, <laughs> all right. And, and I'm just going to throw some more names. Uh, I want to actually, just because of the fixtures that we have, and that fixture against Leeds in game week 28 for
1: Chelsea. Mason Mount, outside shot. What do you reckon, So Mount is an interesting one because he looks to be the most nailed-on attacker under Lampard. He's taking a lot of set pieces. Sorry, not Lampard under Tuchel. He's taking a lot of set pieces, but I think there are better options in terms of like you know in terms of goal involvement, in terms of actual goals. I think there are better options than Mount out there. Form, formation-wise, he's playing in the front three, right? Right, because what he Tuchel is playing now like, is a striker and sort of these two floating number tens. Up front. So he's one of those guys and he's consistently been getting selected. But the thing is, it's still not clicking, right? If the formation was clicking, we're creating a lot of chances, scoring a lot of goals. And I said, yeah, this is the way going forward. But I'm still not sure, Mr. Chelsea, like, you know, is the right way to go yet.
0: Yeah, the only reason it'd be tempting and I think it's a good punt right now is because of the fixture. It's a pure fixture play and they've got a good run of fixtures. For a good midterm, and if somebody is looking to chase in the league or something, decent option. We, did, we didn't speak about uh, 5.2 million, probably one of the best value assets in the game, Bukayo Saka. Uh, he has a game as well in 29, Spurs and Burnley in the next two. But what's interesting about the Arsenal picks is 30 to 38, I think they're top of the season ticker for the end of the season. Uh, any interest there? Uh, the, the only caveat I'd like to mention here is with Saka, is that Arteta's Looking to favour and uh, look at the Europa League more closely. And we saw that uh, Saka didn't play in the Premier League this game. But I feel like this rest is the only rest he's going to get. And he's going to be continuing uh, to start in the league. Any, what, what are your thoughts there?
1: Bakar, what about what are your thoughts on this whole topic? The whole replacements for Bant?
2: Yeah, so um, coming to this, firstly, uh, on your discussion regarding uh, Rafinha and, and Lingard, I, I prefer Rafinha. Hands down, I've noticed a, a real uh, improvement in his numbers of late. Um, so I I take into consideration the, the the spell since Lingard has joined, and I compare his Rafi- uh, numbers with Rafinha. Rafinha is actually third in the midfielders uh, for expected um, goal involvement since then, while Lingard is actually top among midfielders for overperformance in terms of his XG. Uh, his XG is actually only 1.23, which is not even in the top 10 for midfielders. And he's um, he's a top um, he's top for overperformance in terms of uh, XG. Um, I, one thing I, I noticed with Rafinha is that he's 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 averaging a big chance of involvement almost in every game. There's I I I don't recall him going through a match over the past five or six games where he hasn't had a big chance of involvement. one. Either he's creating big chances or either he's ending uh, uh, he's ending uh, up on the end of them. So it's it's actually very heartening to see that as a Rafinha owner. So, for me, it's a bit of a non-contest, particularly when I consider that Lingard's going to miss. uh gimmick 28. Uh, I still feel uh, that uh, Antonio is the one to go for if you're looking at a West Ham asset. Uh, I, I think the pick is Rafinha. I, I like Saka as a shout as well. But but what worries me there is is Arteta's co- comments on rotation very recently, where, he, uh, where it's very obvious that he seems to be prioritizing Europa League. So, it's um, it's a bit of a tough one, but uh, I would go with Rafinha, hands down.
0: So, why be less worried about Saka as he's 5.2 million. He's, he's not taking too exactly. much pocket change out of your pocket at the moment. you know. So, that's one of the reasons. Also, when it comes to Rafinha and Le- Leeds, I mean, one thing that's just something that I've noticed about Leeds in the past two or three games is they're playing good football for about 25-30 minutes in 90 minutes, you know, in the past two or three games. They're not on it. They're not constantly hammering the opposition for throughout the game. They're just having good spells of 20 25 minutes. Like, even the last game, it was the first 10 minutes where Leeds did much. I, I remember the first or second minute, there was a chance from Bamford to Rafinha. Rafinha was almost through. And then Rafinha had a chance right at the end. But outside of that, Leeds didn't do too much. So just uh, a little worried there in
1: terms of how consistent they are at the moment. Yeah. Consistency is a big issue for Leeds, right? Against Villa, they created almost nothing. Absolutely and Another nothing
2: thing to. I've noticed with Rafinha is that his average position of Leeds has been far higher than it was usually in the past four or five games he's he's, he's playing much closer to bamford so that's very heartening to see mm. yeah
1: that so just let's just recap let's just recap quickly just for our listeners your top 3 picks for bounce replacement. you first Elad. uh
0: so i don't uh, i own Rafinha. so between lingard and saka i think if your squad can accommodate lingard I Quite like him because there is upside in the game against Leeds in game week 27. Exactly. And generally, when somebody's playing against Leeds, it's the runners. You would expect Antonio to occupy the two center backs, and the runners tend to favor. But Leeds is also pathetic on set piece defending as well. So you would expect uh, Antonio to, you know, bully their central defenders and get something out of that game as well. Uh, I'd still click Lingard number one, Saka number two. And uh, my third option would be if you can, uh, if you're looking for a double trade, if you can somehow uh, upgrade to a because they have a fixture in 29 as well. And they've got a great ton of fixtures, 30 to 38. So, if you're restructuring your squad and you can upgrade, find that 3 million additional, I'd do that upgrade as well.
1: Fair enough. That Bak- actually is my first preference. Bakar?
2: Yeah. I mean, if, if budget's not a problem, then obviously I prefer Son as well. Let's assume budget
1: but, is a consideration.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I prefer Saka over Lingard.
1: Right. So, for you, Rafinha, Saka, Lingard. Yeah. Yeah. That others for me. It would probably be Rafinha, Lingard and then Sakaso. But I think it's pretty much consensus that we all favour Rafinha as the top replacement, right? Yeah, but
0: but the one thing, one caveat, I'm not as cold as you are on Jota. If he's showing some sharpness today, uh, playing 45 minutes, looking good, looking like he's fit and not rusty. I'm happy to punt there. I think there's enough upside for me to
1: oh, take the time. definitely is. And I think Liverpool yeah. need that spark. But as we'll talk about now in the next section, I'm curious to see how that formation now sets up. So, it's a good way to segue into it. Let's talk first about Spurs, about the attacking setup, Ella.
0: Okay. So, I'll just uh, mention this for the listeners is that there was a slight shift in formation. And Mourinho, for the first time or second time all season, showcase an extremely attacking formation or what was happening was uh, Kane was playing central inside the box and there were two wingers and what happened is Sergio Reguilon, he was a main difference maker in this entire setup where he was so far up the pitch, it allowed Son to drift in a little and he sort of uh, took on Kane's creative role. He created, I think, seven or eight chances in the game against Burnley and there were two, Bale was playing quite centrally and Kane was playing quite centrally and generally Spurs are not in the top tier when it comes to underlying numbers in attack. But in the last two games, we saw the signs of that in the second half against West Ham as well. They have been showing a lot of good underlying numbers. Now, was the Burnley game just a one-off? That's something worth monitoring because the game against Fulham, which is happening later tonight, is the perfect test because Fulham have been sort of a good team in defence as well. So I want to see how Spurs do against a defensively resilient unit like Fulham. I want to see if uh, Mourinho is trusting Bale enough to play him in all the games or it's going to be the same old thing where he's going to play, uh, you know, I don't know, Bergwijn or Moura and Lamella and just have two main attackers in that team and everybody else is just there to do the dog work. Uh, it's worth monitoring that. And if he's playing Bale and he's starting to show a little more, uh, I don't know, bravery than usual, then it's worth definitely worth doubling up on that Spurs attack. I even actually quite like regular as a pick if he's going to be starting to play in that position as well because he's he was very far up the pitch as well. So, a good defensive pick as well. So Just wanted to say that there's a shift in formation uh, and if they continue, continue to post good underlying numbers, then it's worth doubling up on. Maybe even tripling up because Spurs have a great run of fixtures from 30 to 38 and a double game week pending as well. So, there's, there's enough upside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The only caveat again is if Mourinho decides to, he's, he's mentioned it or hinted it in the press conferences two or three times where he said that he's also, he thinks that Spurs' best chance of getting Champions League football is through the Europa League. So, taking that into consideration, do we see some random benchings for Son Bale, etc.? That's the only worry I'd have. What are your
1: thoughts? Bakar?
2: Yeah, so the worry with, with Bale is that um, in, in the post-match uh, uh, interview, Mourinho actually said that... Um, he, he'd find it very hard to, to have Bale start every game. But in the same interview, he said that his condition looked fitter than ever. So it's actually hard to make sense of what he's uh, trying to iterate with, with, with his statements. But if he starts tonight, then obviously he's going to be a, a bit of a risk for, for the Palace game. I expect him to start tonight, given that he was uh, taken off earlier uh, in the Burnley fixture. Uh, but I can see the upside. The upside is massive. And... Um, uh, I, one thing I noticed is that that when uh, when Bale and, and Son are playing, uh, sorry, Bale, Son, Kane, all three of them are playing in the same team. That Son tends to take a bit more of a creative role, and he doesn't exactly possess the same amount of goal threat that he has when he's playing just with Kane in the team. So, in, uh, when you look at the stats for this week alone, he's he's top uh, for all players for chances created. He created seven chances in that game, including three big chances while uh, the 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 goal threat came from mora uh, bale uh, and and, um, and kane uh, who had uh, seven shots inside the box uh, between them so i mean that's something uh, worth keeping an eye on given uh, given this this new uh,
0: spurs uh, formation tweak no no question about it though if given a chance if somebody owns just kane at the moment i think son is way above bale in terms of second choice pick in my opinion if somebody wanted to punt uh, I'm all for punts, but I wouldn't recommend going for a bail ahead of a Son. Because the price difference is minimal at the moment. And at that point, Son son is Son. You just go for him over bail at the moment.
1: Anything to add, Zof? No, I think you guys have covered it pretty well. Let's move on to Liverpool and this new formation.
0: Zof, you you saw Monday Night Football and the talk of a change in formation. Why don't you tell us about Liverpool's slight formation quick?
1: So, what they've done now is essentially the wingers the wingers the fullbacks have become a lot more involved now you have trent playing sort of a cancello role he had robertson playing on the left wing, and what was strange was salah was actually the guy staying keeping the width on the right while right. trent was coming inside and you had mane playing the central striker role so Carragher mentioned that this might be a one-off specifically to counter the tactics for what Sheffield United play with the overlapping centre-backs and all that stuff. But the comments from Klopp indicate that this is not a temporary change. I think he mentioned about getting the right players in the right positions, not leaving space to counter and stuff like that. So something to watch out for. And this is something that Bucker had also mentioned earlier about penalty box touches for Salah. I think they're already down this season. And I think that Sheffield United game, Bucker, I think he had much fewer touches than usual, mm-hmm. right?
2: Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. So that's, In the 2019-20 season, he averaged 9.5 penalty touches per match. This season, he's that average has gone down to 8. And in the last four
1: matches, that average has gone down to 6.2. Right. So that's where I read it in your article. I remember reading it somewhere. It was your article, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this, that's um, worth monitoring. Because 12.5 exactly. yeah, million is a lot to pay for somebody who is essentially a right-winger. And
2: uh, and one he's other still thing, still what noting is chances. He's still getting those chances. I mean, hmm. when you look at his last four matches, he's he's still top, uh, you know, in the top three in the in the league for big chances. XG. When you look at his numbers, so that's that's a problem. Even when you look at the game against Sheffield, he I, I watched the match, and uh, yes, he was kind of hogging the touchline, but he had two glorious chances to score. If I mean, had he scored from from basically what was a tap in from that Robertson ball, and we would not probably be having this discussion. And similarly, there was another chance where he uh, brought the ball on his right foot, and that was actually a very good save by Ramsdale, who clo- closed down the angle really well. So I think he was a bit unlucky not to, to score. Um, and I uh, another thing I tweeted very recently was that he um, uh, that he's missed six all uh, all six of his previous six big chances from open play. So, he hasn't been converting his chances, which is why we're having this discussion. But his numbers are still there. I mean, even if he starts converting it at what, like 25% conversion rate, he's, he's still going to have, a, you know, two or three goals at that rate.
0: But Bakar, all, all bias aside, you saw that Sheffield game. Uh, let's say if Liverpool persisted with that formation again against Chelsea tonight, uh, who who was looking more threatening in that game uh, against Sheffield? Mane or Salah? Mane. Money and if that persists, w- would you be tempted to shift, make the shift to Mane? Because I, I, I in my head, there's no doubt if Salah's playing the winger role and if money's playing central, is the better pick if he's persisting with that formation. What I, do you think I, agree,
2: of? I, I probably won't, I, I probably will, will assess how things go over the next three or four weeks before jumping on Mane straight away. But Let I mean, me put it fair,
0: that way. Yeah, fair enough. And also, it's it's also because he could, I mean. The game against Sheffield was against three centre-backs. The game against Chelsea is probably going to be against three centre-backs. So, it probably could be just a system countering thing because the system that Chelsea plays also three at the back. So, I think it's maybe worth mounting the Fulham game and then deciding what you want to do about exactly.
1: this. And also where Jota comes into this picture. Yeah. Where, where do you think he plays? Where do you think he plays? See, I don't think he's very effective as much on the wing but I think that's where most likely he is going to play or maybe even at centre-forward. I really don't know because he's a very versatile player, right? He can play in any position across the front three. But th- yeah. there's going to be rotation now, I think, going forward. Yeah. Both the fullbacks are also looking good. Trent, quality-wise and
0: uh, Trent, Robertson especially Trent's were... numbers
1: were good and Trent was very threatening that game. The best I've seen him play in a while. So, if you're going yeah. to pick a fullback, I think Trent is definitely looking more attractive now.
0: But Robertson's position, I thought, was also quite good. I right? mean, Both of them at the moment. And Curtis Jones. I think it's uh, worth mentioning how many chances he had in in that game as well. I think he had a free uh, role behind Mane and Firmino. Mane and Firmino occupied a lot of defenders, which is why he got a lot of space as well. So, just worth noting. I'm not not sure it's a pick yet, but just worth uh, looking at.
1: Right.
2: Let's jump. I in. mean, while we talk about their fullbacks, it's also worth mentioning that their defense still looks a bit shaky. I mean, having watched the game as a car back owner, I had my heart, heart, in my mouth when when he nearly scored an own goal, which was uh, ruled out for <laughs> off state. And, and then there was uh, there was that McBurney chance, which. I mean, we've seen so many of those, uh, you know, McBurney missed those week in, week out. And then even right at the end, there was uh, Burke went clean through and he sort of hit uh, hit, hit hit his short straight uh, at Adrian. So um, I, I would have sort of uh, felt more comfortable um, uh, had they not conceded those uh, big chances. Because, like, when I, I'm watching someone from a, pre, a premium defense, I don't expect them to concede those that many uh, big chances in a game. So... Uh, so, I still don't think that they're worth the value, uh, Trent and Robertson.
1: Okay, well, let's move on to the next section about the free hit. So, all three of us have that free hit chip available. Let's just do a quick survey to see when you're planning to play it. LR? 33. Uh, right. I'm,
0: I'm even I'm... open to playing it in 20... I read your article and it convinced me, sir. So if why don't you just give the information sure. to the so, listeners? First? what
1: I'll just walk through first, let's just look at the fixtures as they are. Now let's look at Game Week 29 first. Now the appealing fixtures over here are Leeds, Fulham and Brighton, Newcastle in t- terms of the ticker. So what I really think in this week, right, you can get away with quality, not quantity. Now let's look at the fixtures one by one. You look at Tottenham Villa. Let's say if you have Son and Kane and Martinez, is it really worth adding another Villa defender? You're going to be cross-playing them. Your ceiling for points is low. It's unlikely that your attackers and your defenders... Zoff? just back in a minute, yeah? Yeah, sure. Are really going to do very well over there. So, and then you have Arsenal, West Ham. Arsenal are going to be right after the Europa League. But as we saw against Leicester, they can still turn up. So, I think there's potential for points there in terms of Lingard, Antonio, but... Defense for either team, I don't know. Or Basaka will they even play? Because you have the Olympiakos tie two days before, I don't really know. Brighton, Newcastle… And even, and even if they do Zoff, it's a hard game to call anyways, isn't Precisely. it? Precisely. You really don't know, it could go either way, but I, I, I'd in fact back West Ham over Arsenal in that game, but you wouldn't expect them to score more than like, let's say, one or two goals. I'll right? I'd, I'd be happy just owning Antonio. Exactly. It, it's the kind of game where, where, where any
2: of the three results won't surprise you, would they?
1: Precisely not. So, and then you look at Brighton, exactly, Newcastle. Exactly. You, you now, here, you probably use something you can triple up on the defense, but in terms of attack, it's an absolute minefield. You have Trossard, Gross, Moppai. Yeah. You wouldn't even want exactly. to go anywhere near. And then you have Leeds, Fulham, Rafinha, Bamford. Besides that, maybe Lookman, but Fulham don't really look like scoring. It's just already May. So, let's have a look at the. Exactly. Sorry, did, I'm yeah. just, I'll, just continue. Yeah, I'll just finish up, then we'll discuss. So now let's look at the sure. game week, 33 fixtures. Now, this is important because this week City, Spurs, Southampton and Fulham aren't playing because of the League Cup final. So you have some attractive fixtures here for Villa. You have Wolves with a good fixture, Liverpool, Leicester. So the, I think there's good potential over here, but it's very team dependent, right? I think if you're heavy…
0: United leads as well.
1: United leads, of course. So it's very team-dependent on how your team is set up. And there are a lot of permutations. There might be a double for Spurs in 32. Spurs have good fixtures either side. City might have the league won by then. And there's also another curveball that's come in recently. So the Premier League has been trying to get in fans for the last few rounds of games. So initially, the talk was they would have them in only for game week 38. But a lot of clubs are objecting, stating that the team who is home in 38 gets an fair advantage. Which is probably true. So what they're talking about is the, having the last two fixtures with fans 37 and 38. So the long and short of this, what might happen due to some fixture rearrangements, we might have a double game week 35, which might feature as many as like you know six or seven teams playing twice. So it's worth holding on. I think to the free. Eight. We should get some more clarity over this maybe over the international break game week 31. But I really don't think it's worth blowing it on game week 29. I'm in agreement. I, I read your
0: article and I made up my
1: mind that I'm not going to be
0: using the free hit in game week 29. At the moment, I'm going to be using it at 33, maybe later, depending on what news we get. And that is also what it's also worth mentioning that I currently have only one player from... I have two players from Aston Villa and Everton. I'm looking to sell DCL this week as well. So if Everton and Villa do have a double game week in 28, I might be open to free hitting in that game week as well because both Villa and Everton will have a pretty good-looking double game week. And addition, I quite like the Chelsea versus Leeds fixture as a differential. Might return to an old friend in that game week if I'm free hit. <laughs> yep. Bakar? Uh,
2: yeah, I, at the moment, I have five uh, for, for, for game week 29. And with three free transfers, I can get to eight. I'd probably take a hit and and, and get to nine. I think that's that number is reasonable. I was um, already speaking to Zoff while you were away that I, I don't really see... Um, uh, too many matches with with a high ceiling in Game me 29. So I think eight to nine players is, is sufficient and a very reasonable number. Um, game me 33, I think offers great value, particularly considering that uh, most of us have uh, Man City and Spurs. I mean, these days we have Triple City. Uh, everyone almost has at least one Spurs. So I mean, to have that much amount of money on the bench, is, is not wise, and, and if you can, you know, free hit in that week. You look at the fixtures. There's Liverpool, Newcastle, Villa, West Brom, United, Leeds. Um, these kind of fixtures. I mean, Leicester, Crystal Palace. I mean, these these are all you know fixtures where you can take some some massive games gains out of. Given that, uh, you I mean, not many people will have uh, differentials such as you know double United attack or or Vardy or even Trent and Robertson for some some game like a Newcastle. I mean, I think that uh, saving for later is probably better.
0: Yeah, game theory-wise, I think 29 is more of a defensive bench boost. 33 is more of an free free, a, a defensive free hit. Uh, 33 is more of an attacking yeah. free hit with a more upside.
2: Exactly.
1: Agreed. Cool. We can move on. Anything to add, guys? We can move on. No, not much. Okay. Let's move on. Now, we were discussed a lot of questions this week about the heavy hitters shifting out. Bruno, Sala, etc. So, we have the captaincy matrix up here from Lego Mane for the next few weeks. And we're just looking at the fixtures in terms of captaincy. LR, why don't you take this?
0: Yeah, so a lot of people are asking if this is the right time to sell Bruno. And I must say, we've looked pretty shaky and leggy in the last two, three weeks. We haven't looked that good, especially our performance against big teams. Saoirse sets up extremely defi- uh, you know defensively. So if you're just looking at the next three game weeks in isolation, you're looking at City, you're looking at a fixture against a uh, good defensive unit that is west ham and then you're looking at a blank fixture after that 30 and 32 is where it gets tricky you know in 30 we are playing brighton at home arguably uh, a fixture worth captaincy but it's worth pointing out that in game week 30 uh, spurs play newcastle most of us are going to be uh, you know owning kane and i think we prefer kane against a newcastle compared to a bruno versus a brighton in that game week in 31 bruno plays spurs and in 32, Bruno's playing Burnley at home. Again, in that game week, a lot of other options have, I mean, Liverpool have leads. So, I think that's where our captaincy is going to go in game week 32 as well. So, you know, keeping these things into consideration, keeping the fact that, you know, we're not going to be captaining Bruno in the next five or six game weeks. I think it's, it, there is an opportunity here to shift to another big hitter if your team permits it, if you don't own a Son. Uh, who has an extra game in 29 as well. It's a decent shift to make. Uh, When it comes to Salah, though, uh, I'm not sure yet because the next two games are pretty decent. I mean, they're playing against a defensively resolute Fulham. They're playing against Wolves, who have also looked decent in defence at the moment. But, uh, you know, if you're funding a pick like Son, who has another extra fixture, if you're funding a pick like De Bruyne, or or a Sterling, who's a legit captaincy option in 27, if you don't own City at the moment... It, it's worth the roll of dice, given that we're not uh, having too much captaincy threat from these picks. That's that's the only thing I'd like to mention. Anything well, to while we're
2: at this, uh, LR, uh, who, who who are you like to captain in game 28? Don't you think uh, Bruno is is kind of like the standout captaincy pick in 28? I think he's going to be the most captain against West Ham. Hmm.
0: That's a decent shot, because Liverpool play Wolves, uh, City play Fulham, and... Uh, I I don't mind captaining a Kane against Arsenal as well in the North London derby as well. But yeah, it's a tricky game. I think it's more a game to find some sort of a differential captain. captain. But yeah, he's a decent captain to shout in 28. I did not notice that I overlooked
1: that. Yeah, West Ham, the thing is, it's not an obvious choice. I don't think West Ham is as easy a fixture as it was in previous seasons, right? West Ham are quite defensive, resolute and United will have the AC Milan game two days right before this. So, players are going to be tired or whatnot. I don't think it's as clear-cut in 28 I'd like the like, City yeah. for example you see Gundogan maybe benched midweek in the Champions League It could be good for the Fulham game KDB so yeah. it's a bit open that week
0: yeah I, I think both of you all are pretty covered in this direction because I think both of you all own Kane and Son uh, so there's no uh, you know thought about selling one of these bigoters because who are you going to sell for because I think both of you all are tripled up on City as well and both of you all own Kane and Son so, so there is no uh, good enough substitute for the both I don't own Son at the moment. I no, don't. I don't own, own Kane. I, I don't own Kane personally. You don't own Kane. I would make that switch, Bakar, because I think Kane is a better asset for the next four or five game weeks. I like his fixture against Palace. I like his game against Arsenal as well. And I, I, I think uh, the game against City, I'm not confident. We played six nil nils in a row against weaker opposition,
1: so yeah. Bakar does know. not like this. <laughs> yeah, it's an
2: expression says it all. No, I'm, I, I'm, I'm actually uh, uh, considering uh, Bruno out for Kane, um, to find Kane, my team this week. So uh, let's see. Let's see what I do about it. But, but yeah, I um, completely agree. The
1: there's no way you do that move. Why? Let's see. Let's
2: see. In the past six games that United have play, played against the top six, uh, they haven't scored. Um, so, I mean, this, this game week is most likely going to be a blank against uh, City as well. So, that actually got me considering.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. What's going to happen is we're going to get a penalty against West Ham, and Bruno's going to fluke an assist against West Ham, and he's going to get a double digit haul And we're all, whoever sold him, I'm not set on selling him at all. No. Whoever sold him is going to be crying. Unless he gets injured, he's not leaving my team. All right. I like that loyalty I like how you keep it simple.
1: These yeah, I'm, not,
0: I'm not sure about selling him at, uh, at the moment as well because I do have Barnes and sale uh, who I want to sell before that. We'll talk about my team later.
1: So, okay. yeah. right. so let's move on, quickly cover this game week's talking points, these fixtures. We've seen a lot of clean sheets, not as many goals as we'd like. Anything you'd like to discuss specifically from this week's score lines Okay, let's let's just go game by
0: game and if there's anything to add, uh, we can do that. City, West Ham uh City beat West Ham 2-1 City beat Wolves 4-1 anything to uh talk about here i think there's nothing that Not i'm much specific in terms of just city. the fact that West Ham look really good
2: against city and and maybe their attack against Leeds this week is is worth consideration yeah, they countered i mean really city well. conceded three big chances uh, against west ham and and it's i think they haven't conceded that many big chances in in like 10 game weeks combined so that tells me their west ham attack you know they look fluid they'll They look good, so they're they're good shots this week against Leeds.
0: That's a good point, because the fixture after Leeds, West Ham plays United and Arsenal, and maybe you shouldn't worry about that, because West Ham are in
1: good attacking form themselves.
0: Exactly.
1: and the Nice nice shot. Something we've been talking about also, these teams which are not in any European competition, they definitely have an advantage during this fixture congestion and fixture overload, because they're able to rest players for an entire (laughs) week. (laughs)
0: Now that you mentioned that, it's also worth mentioning that the fixture congestion is sort of reducing. So, these teams that are not in European competitions, they're going to get three days more rest compared to the teams that are in European competitions. Just something to add
1: there.
0: Uh, West Brom, Brighton, the biggest anomaly game I have potentially seen ever. I I haven't seen such a one-sided game. absolutely did not deserve that fluky Maitland-Niles clean sheet I get. He's going to score a goal later tonight as well against Everton. But yeah... I feel bad for them that's all I want to say anything to add nothing about West Brom sure. Brighton nothing much Leeds Leeds Villa we've already covered Newcastle Wolves is a no-go Palace Fulham Fulham are defensively good we know that I think I just wanted to add that in the last 4 or 6 game weeks they're in the top 4 teams uh, top 5 teams defensively when it comes to XGC big shots big chances and shots in the box conceded so they're showing some good underlings in defence just something I wanted to touch upon anything to add Buckle no. Palace no. Fulham no no Leicester lost 1-3 to Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think Leicester are no-go
1: until Madison and Barnes. They were also. awful and yesterday I against them. Burnley. Schmeichel absolutely bailed them out. They should have lost that game. Okay. I, I mean, a lot of either.
2: people talk about Madison um, and when it comes to Leicester's creativity, but I think the impact of, of Barnes on, on Leicester's creative numbers is, is, is actually kind of neglected and it's undervalued. It's, uh, Barnes is, is, a, is a big loss for Leicester as well.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm not. I'm not touching them until they're back. Even yeah. Evans is outright. Even the defense now. I think last game he played a back three with like NDD, Amarte, and all that stuff. That's not a top four level like defense.
2: Yeah.
1: I feel bad for them. Man, I, th- I think Roger has done a good job. I normally hate on him, and he's one of the managers I like to hate on. But these are too many injury problems. It's pile up, thing. right? So many fixtures and everything. only yeah. that's why you see City are doing well. Why? Because of they have the depth of squad this season that's coming into play. Yep. Everton-Southampton is actually worth
0: talking about. What do you guys think of that game? We have a Southampton double game week as well in 27. Zof, you saw the
1: Everton-Southampton game. Thoughts there? It was an awful, awful match. Everton they didn't create much. But what we need to actually talk about is Everton's new shape. Now you have DCL sort of playing. DCL no longer seems to be the focal point, the guy in the six-yard box anymore. They've started to switch to a diamond, in which Richarlison and DCL are playing alongside, but DCL is winning the ball, getting knockdowns out. I don't think he had a shot in that game. So he's he's much less attractive as an asset than he was previously. Exactly. That that's one of the reasons I'm looking at
0: switching DCL to Antonio because he plays leads. DCL plays your out who are defensively really good. <laughs> Hoping DCL doesn't do too much against Burnley, but yeah, the change in shape is something that's that I'm considering as well. Yeah. Uh anything to add? Bakar, Everton Saints? No. City, Wolves, nothing to talk about. Burnley, Leicester, I I think we're covered. Yeah, Crystal Palace, United, United aren't playing good football at the moment. We look leggy and I think 70% or 75, just worth mentioning how good Luke Shaw was again. yesterday. 75% of the chances we create are coming through Luke Shaw at the moment. It's It's an anomaly that he hasn't gotten, even yesterday, either for the pass that he gave to Rashford or the cross that he gave to James at the end of the match. Should have gotten one assist at least in that game. I think it'll
1: come. I'm happy Henderson is going to be in goal apparently now for a few matches. There's more comfort. There's an article
0: I read on MEN uh, where it looks like uh, United… There's something happened with Diga and United told Henderson to prepare to play in goal for the next six games. So, I think the shift of guard is happening.
1: I think it's it's a good time also. They need to know where they stand for next season, right? Should they keep Henderson, sell him? So, it's probably at a good time. You have to give him a run of matches at some point. There were some contractual
0: problems as well. I think Henderson made a little bit of noise where if this is going to go this way, then he doesn't want to stick with us
1: next season, and he wants starting place as well. So I think right. something has happened, and right. in the background. Right. Let's move on to the next topic now. Captains for game week 27. So obviously City having the double means they're going to be at the forefront in this discussion. So I have another matrix here by friend of the pod, Lego Mane, looking at minutes played by City players. LR, would you like to take this?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, what I'd like to mention uh, FPL is out here because he's done a great job. And what he said is that assuming that one player has rested and that he's going to start the next two or three games is is sort of lazy in terms of analysis that we do. Uh, so, I think we should add a layer as well in terms of... He called that, you know, he said that he wasn't expecting Pep Guardiola to trust uh, Riyad Mahrez in a fixture against United, which is why he called that, you know, he would play the games against West Ham. He would play the game against Wolves, well, and he's expecting him to play the game against Southampton, which are the money ball games, right? Because we've seen the big, uh, big teams sort of uh, cancel out each other in those games as well. In this game week, the double game weeks against United and Southampton, and Southampton haven't been defensively good, which is what we've seen. So the the money ball lies in trying to guess who's going to be playing that Southampton game because it's sandwiched between the United game. And The Fulham game, which I and I personally think the Fulham game is a little bit more difficult compared to the Southampton game, so it's about guessing. I mean, on paper, Gundigan looks like a non overthinking good captaincy option because he was just in the previous game and he tends to play four or five games mm-hmm. in a row. Uh, do, you, do you think KDP has decreased output? I personally don't think so. I thought his positioning was good in the West
1: Ham game as well. Thoughts there, Bucker's off. I don't think KDB has had any negative impact. Now, let's look at them as captaincy options, right? Let's have a look. Now, I think KDB is going to miss the, one of the next two matches, A and B. Another thing I noticed about KDB, he's not playing that support striker role anymore that he was before his injuries. much more of a deeper role on the right side. I think even in the game against Wolves, he only created one chance, had a couple of shots. So, I don't think personally he's worth 11.8 million. And you didn't mention the UCL tie. In fact, the Southampton game is actually sandwiched between the Champions League tie and the Man United game, which are both, you would say, more difficult fixtures. After the Southampton
0: Southampton game, they have the Fulham game, then they have the UCL tie, then they have the Everton
1: game, and then there's a break. Okay, I thought the UCL tie was before Fulham. Sorry, it's my, my bad there. So, yeah, so the Fulham game definitely is a tougher game than Southampton. That being said, Guardiola has a little bit this thing about Southampton, that about them being a difficult side and all that stuff. So, I don't know how easy he'll go. For that one, so... but in Because term- I think he definitely plays United. I think. Yeah, United is going forward. to be the strongest 11 possible, right? Because of it being a derby and everything. That's probably the easiest game to predict his starting 11. But I think even against Southampton, I'm pretty confident of a Gundogan start. Okay. Fair enough. I, I wouldn't worry about it. I think he starts all three and maybe gets
0: rested in the Camps- Champions League game where, mm. where they have a little bit of a... Uh, Cushion in terms of a yeah, about,
1: about Cancelo I'm not so sure that he would play the Southampton game because you'd want him for the United game you'd want him for the Fulham game possibly more maybe they want him for the Champions League for sure so Cancelo captain has been talked about a little bit I'm not so confident pucker
2: I I'm probably going to go with uh, with Mjandigan. um I was uh, I was looking at his, at his numbers and his his record against the top 6 is actually exceptional uh, he's had five starts, uh, five goals, one assist, with an expected uh, goal involvement of 4.13 in in his five games against the top six, which is second best uh, among midfielders for, in terms of uh, minutes per expected uh, goal involvement. Um, so, I mean, even even if he starts the United game, it's not as if he's he's you know you know he's, he's guaranteed a blank or something. I, I think there's a good chance he he can do well there, and and given that he was rested this week, there's a good chance he starts uh, Southampton as well. Um, we pointing
0: out that we conceded a lot of chances to an abysmal Crystal Palace as well. So, I don't expect it to be uh, a close affair.
1: I don't think it's a nil-nil here. I, I, I expect City to beat us, I, very honest. I think your away record is ending. I think you guys haven't lost an away match in ages now, right? I think this ends here. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah. And then he has Satham, who are basically, woeful. And it's it, I, don't, I don't really see much... Um, much point in in guessing Pep because he he's he's kind of random with with his selections. So uh, I, I'm honestly just gonna go with Gundogan and forget about it. I just think he's uh, he's probably the the safe option on paper this week. Um, the other option uh, who's worth considering is, is Diaz. Um, he's he's kind of the boring pick, and we aren't really talking about him because it's it's probably way too boring and it's not the way we kind of like to play the game because we actually you know want to m- watch matches for goals. But uh, it's it's worth noting that Diaz hasn't been rotated even once. The only uh, since he's joined City, the only time he's he's missed a league game has, has uh, been through illness, and that was against Spurs. Um, United, uh, as we've spoken out uh, about earlier, they haven't scored in each of their match each of their previous six appearances against the top six. And then there's Southampton, who are uh, second worst for XG in the past four matches, second only to Crystal Palace. So I mean, two clean sheets are looking very likely.
1: Agreed. Um, I, I'm not confident about Diaz. I think he uh, yeah. misses one of the next might be. three personally. It, it might be. Because now he he's actually has some more confidence in Laporte and Stones now. But I still think Diaz will play. But I'm not as confident as I was maybe a couple of months ago.
0: On that note, I mean, we'll we'll address this here. Because I have a third city spot open now. I can either go to a nailed-on Son who's going to give me 90 minutes in every game. Or I can punt on a Sterling or a De Bruyne. I was early looking. A De Bruyne, but I feel like Sterling is a better pun. I thought he was great against the game in the game against Fulz. He was unlucky to not get points. And uh, looking at this matrix here, he normally gets one rest and then he starts for six, seven games in a row because his natural fitness levels are really good. Now, the, I, I'm pretty sure the strongest 11 is going to start against United, and I'm sure Raheem makes the strongest 11 for City. Uh, the game that I want him to start against is Southampton. I'm, I looked into Sterling's data and he started the last eight games against Southampton. Uh, the only thing that you, you take into consideration is it was never in a fixture congestion period. Mm. But Southampton tend to play a high line. So, I'm wondering if Sterling plays in the game against Southampton. If you just putting you both on the spot because I have a third city spot open. If you had to punt on one of Sterling, Mares, De Bruyne or Foden for the third city spot,
1: where would you go? Baker, you go first.
2: I, I think I'd probably go with Mares, given that he's likely to start the Southampton game. Mm.
1: I'd go with but De Bruyne. The... De Bruyne for me. You go, you go with De Bruyne over Sterling. Yes, because I think ultimately you're not buying him for one week, right? It's not for a free hit. Ultimately, consistently between from now to let's say the end of the season, I'd expect De Bruyne to clock far more minutes than Sterling.
0: It's it's probably for a week's off because I'm I'm
1: converting him into Son in 29 for sure. So not for too long. Okay, as a one week pun, then yeah, Sterling I would say has a higher ceiling than De Bruyne. But I like Mahrez too. The thing is, right, the wing positions are really competitive now because Mahrez played very well. Foden, as we've seen, can also... Even, Foden was surprising how few minutes he got, right? Across the two matches. So, you have to expect he's going to get some minutes and I'd argue He normally starts the big games and he does really well again exactly in so. the big games. So, like, you know, it could be Foden, Mahrez. It could be anything in that sense. And it wouldn't even surprise me to see Son outscore those guys even with the double because he has Palace. So, it's not an easy call. Which way to go? Just, again, I'm putting you on the line. Would you all go towards the City punt or ignore the third City spot? See, and ultimately, they street? play the same number of fixtures, right? Because City play twice, 28, and then they're blank in 29. So, ultimately, you're buying three fixtures either way. I'd just go to Sun now. Bakar?
2: Yeah, I'd go to Sun as well. I just think right. it
0: makes more sense. All right.
1: Cheers. But I think, at the moment, both of you are thinking
0: that Gundakan is the best captaincy option. Any, any thoughts on... Kane against Palace and uh, Antonio against Leeds is alternate
1: captaincy. Of- I think those guys are actually probably the next best bet. But again, that now Palace, how many goals do we expect them to concede? Maybe one, maybe two. They're not going to commit any men forward in terms of opportunities for the counter-attack, right? But just because of this, I mean, if they're going to sit back, that game suits Kane.
0: Kane. It, it suits Kane. If he's going to get shots off and his shots are looking really good at the moment, I think that game suits Kane, but you would still go for the double game week.
1: Absolutely. We back the double game. We can cause Gundukan as we saw, he, even in one game, he can get what he needs to deliver yep. a big haul. So, but I like Antonio versus Leeds a lot, though. I think that game screams haul.
0: But uh, not enough to push you and give him the armband over double game big player.
1: I still can't trust a team like West Ham with a captaincy, right? Like, you saw what happened against Fulham. That week when you <laughs> backed back them. You never know. If if it was a single game week, you back him against Leeds, right? I mean, if it was a single game single week. Game week like... but, but again, I would I'd always trust these big hitters. Like ultimately, I would still prefer like if you look at the single game week guys, you have Salah, who plays Fulham. I'd probably look over there rather than okay. like you know, at West Ham. But that's mm. that's just my style. All right, Bakar, Kundo over got... these two.
2: And, uh, yeah, I still prefer Gundogan. Uh, City assets over the single game makers. I, I'm sure Kane and, and Antonio will, will do well this week, but I just can't look past double game maker.
0: All right, cool. Any other fixtures we want to cover? Burnley, Arsenal, Sheffield, Southampton. I think nothing really worth talking about. I think we can move on to our teams. Yes, let's move on. I think your team's up first, lot. Alright, just for the benefit of the listeners, I'm going to quickly go through to my team. I have Martinez as keeper. In defence, I have Cancelo, Rudiger and Maitland-Niles. Uh, in midfield, I have Salah, Fernandez, Gundogan and Rafinha. Uh, and in attack, I have Calvert-Lewin, Kane and Bamford. Uh, as On my bench, I have Shaw, Barnes and Tate. I'm likely going to do Calvert-Lewin to Antonio because I think there's enough upside in that move. Like that. And I'm either going to do Barnes to Amarez or something for a hit. Or if I feel like bringing in either Son or a City bigotter, I might lose one of uh, Bruno or Salah. At the moment, it looks like I'm more likely to lose Bruno. Let's see how Salah plays tonight.
1: So I don't think you need that. to take a hit here. You can just do Calvert, Lewin to Antonio and you're fine. Or Barnes to Jesse Lingard because you can cover Lingard's thing fixture next week quite easily with your bench. Yeah, agree, agree, I just fancy Antonio more in that lead. Absolutely, well, given the choice, I'd always back Antonio, yeah. but you have to get rid of Barnes anyway, right? Because Calvert Loon, okay. you can yeah. still play him next week.
0: The the only reason I don't mind making that move a week later, worth mentioning, is because I'm hoping Greenlish fit in the next week. So I want to jump on him early. So I, I'm okay to leave that spot open. Greenlish, Jota, that's both a, worth monitoring. That's
1: though. a fair point, too. Yeah,
0: right, Bakar, you're next.
2: Uh, I have Martinez in goal, uh, Cancelo, Diaz, Rudiger, Gundogan captain, Sala, Bruno, Asson, Rafinha, Bamford, Watkins. On the bench, I have Areola, Kabak, Kabak, Lewin, and Shaw. Um, so there are two options I'm considering. Three options actually. The first is obviously I can I can save a transfer. Uh, the second is Lewin to Antonio, and the third is to sell Fernandez to fund Kane. So with a hit.
1: But you're never going to do.
2: <laughs> so, so let's see. Let's see what I decide.
0: I like the DCL to Antonio move this week, personally.
2: Are you not concerned about Cavill uh, having a potential double in 28? We haven't heard much about it, but but Quellen still thinks there's a slight chance of that happening.
0: Even if he does have a double, I like the Leeds fixture that much for Antonio.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: That's I, I think perfect. that's an easy save. I I mean, it's an easy who would you bench now? Let's say you bring in DC, Antonio for DC. Who are you going to bench from this lot? Bruno. Yeah, Bruno. Mm, I guess Bruno probably, but still you could get a dodgy penalty or something. I never feel comfortable benching somebody. Like, all you take is City score, then United might commit men forward. I just, I can't bench somebody like that who's potentially like, you know, on penalties, set pieces and whatnot. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Fair
1: enough. Fair enough.
0: Or maybe just a I split the value with the Leeds guys bench one of Bamford and Rafinha probably just that
1: probably but I, it feels like it doesn't feel like a move you have I, to I, I
2: won't I won't bench Rafinha for sure his numbers are incredible Besides I know I know he's not going
1: to do that so I don't think it's necessarily it feels a bit forced He stop reading my mind <laughs> I know you too well bro <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> Right. No, no, My team is... And we can tell already, our teams are actually really similar, bucker I think there are only one or two differences. I've got Martinez in goal, Cancelo, Diaz, Rudiger, Sun, Sala, Bruno, Gundogan, Barnes, Calvert, Lewin, Kane, on the bench, Fabri, White, Shaw, and Brewster. So for me, it's going to be the easy Barnes to Rafinha move this week. Gundogan, Sorry. captain. Uh, just worth
0: uh, pointing out, actually. If people are on wildcard... At the moment, it's a good time to select Foster as a second keeper because he started the last game. And if they do turn up
1: in the next few weeks and tighten up the defense again, it's good to have a backup keeper. But it would be a really tough decision this week, right? Because we saw this happen with the other previous double game week for Southampton. You had to see Pope outscore McCarthy, got three points. So, I'm sort of glad I didn't bring in Foster. I won't have to make that decision this week. Emi can just play.
0: No just for uh, you know even if you're playing ME just as backup. No yeah, I totally ME... agree.
1: I'm just happy yeah. I don't have to make that decision yeah. this week cuz I'd always back the double game weaker. Yeah. Fair. Fair.
0: But it, it, and it's more tempting because the one game is against Sheffield United who don't look that great in attack.
1: So yeah. But that being said, I think now that like you know the pressure is off they were actually really good against Villa. I liked how they played. So I think they could actually get a result against Southampton. And we saw Lucy quite worried about Villa losing that game because, you know, Sheffield are getting that little bit of boost now. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah. Alright, right. I'll move to the Q&A. Uh, we've got five questions. First up, question is from Tausif Alvi. Uh, how many players is it mandatory to have for Game Week 29 if you're not free-hitting? So, this one's yours.
1: So, it again, we discussed earlier, right, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. If you have, let's say, three Fulham players, a couple of Newcastle players and all that stuff, it's not really that great because you'd expect Leeds to score against Fulham that week. So, ultimately, I'd say, look at the fixtures, look at the four fixtures and look at the guys who you expect, A, who can do the most damage to you in terms of rank and B, who have the highest point ceilings.
0: All right. Bucker for some reason was disappointed when you said it's not about quantity It's about quality. I wonder he's loaded know. up
1: on Fulham right <laughs> I think he's loaded up on a lot of things at the moment talking about the DMs <laughs> but
0: anyway next question is from YKM and this one's for you Bucker. looking at Leicester City and with the form they're in is it time to go elsewhere
2: I think so yeah um, they have Brighton uh, this week right and Brighton uh, at home are really strong I, I, I'd I probably look at uh, offloading uh, Wardy uh, even even Pereira I think you can keep because he has Sheffield United at home next week so I, I expect a clean sheet there but I think uh, Wardy is too expensive at that price to keep given that uh, Barnes and Mearsson are in the team and I don't think that uh, uh, Inacio when Inacio plays Wardy is as much of an influence because I uh, I was noticing uh, last night that once Inacho came up, Vardy was far more involved as well. So, with Inacho in the side, I, I don't really like Vardy at that price.
0: Alright. Uh, next question is from FPL teacher. An interesting one, actually. I didn't discuss this with you guys. When is the best time to use the triple captain for those with it left? I have the triple captaincy left. I'm, I'm not fully tempted to play it in the city double game because I just can't predict who's going to get two starts. Uh, so I personally think that there's potentially a Spurs double gamey that's going to be coming in the future where you're going to be able to rely on a Kane or a Son who are likely going to play two games. So I think that's probably a better time, but if you're confident that one of these city attackers is going to play two games, I think we're going to have one or two double gamings and maybe because of the noise that Geoff mentioned earlier, where we're going to have a double gamey probably in 35, 36, 37, uh... Those are the weeks that you can look at. I don't even think uh, it's a problem to play the triple captaincy chip a single. in a single week, single week as well. If, if you have one of these premium teams in form, play against the Leeds or something. I don't mind that as well. Great. Next question, I think final of the day is from FPL Kai. Any Southampton players to be targeted for the double game
1: week? And what's your take on Ings? Zoff? I think personally, it is pretty much the fixture against Sheffield United plus two points or even less if it's a defender or Southampton. So I guess if you have, you play, you hold. I'm not even sure you would play like a Foster over a Martinez. It's not an easy decision. So I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't buy. And I was actually listening to the 45th minute pod with FPL editor Darren and a few guys who are Southampton fans. They're very, very downbeat on Southampton at the moment. So I wouldn't go
0: there. You tell me that and I'm tempted to get in that third city attacker. At the moment, because that that game could be four 0 or final. You know, there are points to be there, uh, points there for the taking. So, I'm wondering, I'm wondering about Sterling at the moment. Genuinely, he's the one on my mind at the moment. This would be it, your third be time
1: different. buying Sterling this season. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and and, and I was talking to a Prophet, a friend of ours from the Cons chat. And it, it, friend it's is like,
1: a friend is stretching it. it.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the point that he made is really good I mean uh, there is no better time for me to have fun in this game especially and that. And I, I was feeling so bad after my fairly template wildcard because how am I going to make ground if I want to I mean whether I'm going to finish 1.5 million or whether I'm going to finish 500k it doesn't really matter right so it's, it's the time to just really trust that instinct and make some crazy moves so why not because I don't have much to lose at my rank at the moment that's all absolutely
1: yeah. it makes sense
0: uh All right, uh, that's it from us for this week and we will probably see you next Tuesday. Uh, remember that uh, there are prizes there for the taking if you join our league. So, please don't forget to join the league. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe and uh, see you on
1: the other side. Any last words, boys? Nothing much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please like and subscribe.
2: Thank Vakar. you. Thank you, everyone. Good luck. Good luck for the double game week. See ya.
0: All right. Anything Anything else to say, Bakkar?
2: No. I All think right. it's better if we end it right now.
0: Right. <laughs> See you
1: guys.
2: All right.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: 18 plus.